Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. Garrett, we're going to break down the film a little bit here. I know you, big film guy, right? Huge Always. Film guy. Always. I watch. Ta- I don't watch film. I watch tape. You watch tape. Yeah. yeah. All twenty two, or are you watching the all twenty three? No, I, I do. The, I do. I do. I. It's like the hardcore football people, like myself. Like it's not just film. It's a tape. We actually have a tape. We put it in the tape recorder, and we watch it that way. Mm. Projector screen. That's how me and the coaches do it. <laughs> You're in all those meetings. I'm in all the meetings. I'm there, front row, notepad in hand. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right, in all seriousness, we want to kind of talk about, take the deep dive. You know, we gave our instant reaction Mm -hmm. after the game. This is kind of the deeper dive into what went down and and what it means moving forward. You know, we've also heard from John Harbaugh on Monday. We have some injury updates to talk about. So let's dive right into it, Garrett. Uh, When I looked at the film, I mean, A, we already knew that Zay Flowers had an awesome rookie debut. When you watch the film, it's just funny to see like the carnage that the man leaves in his wake <laughs> when he plays. Like you just see behind him, like all these Texans defenders like taking each other out, trying to tackle this dude. I mean, it was joystick on full display. Yeah. I, absolutely. I mean, I think you saw some of the juke moves. I mean, I, I can't remember if it was his maybe his second catch. Um very early in the game, I mean, there was, there were just like guys kind of diving at air trying to tackle him, and that's the that's the ability that he brings. I mean, he look he, he did it in training camp when it was against Ravens players. He did it in the joint practices against Washington. He then did it in the preseason, both preseason games that he played in, and now he's continuing that to the regular season. So like that's just who Zay Flowers is. Like he's going to be able to make guys miss. He's great run after the catch. Clearly the Ravens went into that game focused on getting him the ball and wanting to get him up to speed on being in an NFL, you know, wide receiver and you know, I think that they they're going to want to feature him. They certainly did in the opener and all indications are that he's going to be a featured piece of this offense moving forward. Not, not like maybe the featured piece of the offense from a passing game. And um yeah, I've been mean, all signs are very positive on him. Yeah, I, I guess that is one question moving forward is, you know, he was a target's hog mm-hmm. in week one. I mean, dominated. Is that what you expect week in and week out? I, I would be surprised what? if he gets that share of targets moving forward. I mean, I, that just would surprise me given all the other weapons that the Ravens have in this in, in this receiver room. They have Odell Beckham Jr., who I expect to get. Like, I, I said this in our 
post-game podcast, like I was a little surprised that Odell didn't get more targets. I would mm-hmm. expect him to get more moving forward. Also, like when they threw the ball to Odell, good things happened. He had two catches and he drew two pass interference penalties. So like you yep. throw the ball to him, good things are happening. Nelson Aguilar didn't get a target. I would expect that to change. Um, Devin Duvernay wasn't really involved at all in the well, passing game. The big one, Mark Andrews wasn't on the field. Mark Andrews wasn't that's, on the field. That's going to change the calculus a little bit. So like... I mean, I still expect Rashad Bateman. He had a few, but I would expect him. Right. I mean, we've said it a million times. There's a lot of, uh, there's one ball and a lot of talented players on this offense. And so I, I do, I think there's going to be certain games where certain guys become the, the target hog. And I guess that was Zay in week one. But I could see there being a game where Mark Andrews has 10 targets or Odell has 10 targets. Like, I think that could change from week to week based on game plan, based on how guys are feeling, based on who's looking good, based on how the defense is playing them. So I I don't think it's going to be Zay at the top and then everybody else kind of competing for the rest. I think it's going to be, it's going to change from week to week. Is that how you see it too? That is how I see it, yeah. Um, You know, I've been sick all week that I didn't get Zay Flowers in my fantasy football league. Just sick. You know, I was trying to get the bargain. I thought, oh, everybody's not going to be as high on him as me. I can wait. I'll get the steal. Did, some guy swiped him. And then he goes out there and gets as much as he got. And I've been, I've just been, I've been literally sick. I've been barfing. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I keep telling myself, I don't think it's going to be this way every game. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of mouths to feed. There's a lot of mouths to feed in this Ravens offense. I think what we saw, and when you watch the film, is you just see how dynamic he can be. Like he can be that guy if the Ravens need him to be that guy, and if if they're if the opponent's going to give it up, like Zay Flowers can be a target hog, and he can be very productive with that. But I don't expect that that's going to be his role in you know every week, week in week out. Yeah, like I just don't expect this to be an offense. You see this in some offenses around the league where it's like, all right, you know Tyreek Hill's gonna get ten targets. Like they're just gonna go to him ten times a game and he's gonna they're gonna that's gonna happen. Or other yeah. guys, you know, like Cooper Cup when he's healthy, like you know he's gonna get ten targets. I, I don't really see that necessarily with Zay because of all the other weapons that are on this offense. And I think they wanna get them involved. Like I think that I really got the sense like coming out of the game that the Ravens offense just felt like they left a ton on the table. They didn't really feel great about the way that they looked. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, the JK injury and the injuries to Ronnie and to Linderbaum and Marcus, I think that that kind of was a malaise over everything to a certain extent. But, like, just specifically on the offense, like, I just felt like they just didn't think coming out of that game, like, man, we put our best foot forward out there. Lamar felt like he was rusty. Odell was open for a monster game and, you know, didn't have it. I, I just think that, like, it was a start, but I don't think that... I don't necessarily know that we can draw too many conclusions about what that first game means for what we're going to see the rest of the season. Like, I don't think I don't think Sunday's game against Houston is the blueprint for the offense moving forward, and that includes mm-hmm. the number of targets that Zay Flowers got. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, one thing, just from, from the notes that I thought was interesting, looking at next-gen stats, the Ravens' use of personnel. Yeah. They they used three wide receivers a lot, which we is no surprise, right? They used uh, it was sixty nine percent of the time. Okay. they had three wide receivers on the field, right? Now the the interesting classification is they classify Pat Ricard as a running back, not like a tight end. 
right? So, so the Ravens were in 20 personnel. That's three wide receivers, zero tight ends, two running backs. That okay. would mean Ricard was on the field with a running back. Really, Ricard's acting like a tight end, uh-huh. but for their classification, he's not. They used that 20 personnel 14 times. The entire rest of the NFL, the whole rest of the NFL used that formation a combined three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just kind of an interesting note about personnel usage. As we've expected, Todd Munkin's use of three wide receivers skyrocketed from Greg Roman's. So yeah. We're talking 69% of the time. That's a lot. Yeah. Right. And so I expect that to be the same moving forward. But I do think that the target share will change, even though there's three wide receivers on the field. You know, Rashad Bateman's game one from the foot, coming back from the foot. You know, I think that he'll kind of get more. He'll get, he'll be worked into the mix a little bit more as time goes on, and it'll be kind of a pick-your-poison. You don't know who's going to lead the team. But watching the film of Zay Flowers, dynamic. What, another play that stood out to me in film was this 20-yard kind of out route that he wrote, ran where the cornerback had to give him just tons of space. I think it was Stingley was playing corner. Uh-huh. And, I mean, when he, you're as fast as Zay is, he can just run corners off because they have to respect that deep, the deep ball. That's they yeah. have to, and then he can cha- he can just change direction on a dime. Like it looked just, it looked too easy. This twenty yard out, which twenty yard out, that's that's a deep route, uh-huh. right? Like he just snapped that thing back, and it was it was easy. Well, that's the thing that I do find kind of interesting with Zay is the way the Ravens have used him so far, it's on the short stuff. And basically you get the yards after the catch and actually Zay talk about next gen stats, 69% of his yards came after the catch for a rookie receiver. That's the most, that's the highest percentage of any rookie receiver over the last two seasons. So it was all short stuff. And then he was doing the rest for the most part with him, which I think a lot of that will continue. I do. And I just wonder like, on the deep stuff, like he has that speed and ability, and at a certain point, you're gonna fake the short. You're gonna you're gonna fake that short route and then go deep, and like that's the <laughs> one that the Ravens need to hit. Like it all kind of builds towards that, and you need to have the threat of the deep ball. Only works if you are are gonna actually go deep and have that yeah. that deep ball. And I think that like I I think that that's something that's that's to come. It's just interesting because I haven't really seen the it's, Ravens it's, take too many deep shots to Zay in it, certainly in the preseason some in practice, but it's been more of that short stuff, but I do think that deep ball is something that like is is on the horizon for him. Well, the, the, there's the two wider, back-to-back wide receiver screens that got blown up, both to Zay in the second half. Yeah. They just, they're just setting that up for the pump fake and then go over the top to somebody when the defense just bites down on that real hard. Yeah, totally. That's, that's, that's eventually coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And 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 when you look back at the at the second one specifically, they had that blocked up pretty well. Like I know there's like frustration of people being like, "Why that? Why we run the same play twice in a row? It got blown up the first time. You're just going to run it again?" Uh-huh. You know, when I watched that back on film, it was blocked up pretty darn well. I think Lamar's throw was a little bit behind Zay. He had to kind of reach back for it, which really kind of if that throw is a little bit in front of him and he moves into it, I think that it's a much different outcome. Mm-hmm. So, all right, here's another thing I want to get your take on is um, with the running game. So obviously J.K. Dobbins is lost for the season. Yep. It's, it's terrible. Really feel for him. And and now you turn the turn it over to Justice Hill and Gus Edwards and then Melvin Gordon's going to get called up either as a game day activation or just get called up to the 53-man roster at some point. And so 
how do you see this share breaking down moving forward? Because like, I think we've we've seen it with Gus Edwards. He's done it. He's been the lead back before, mm-hmm. and he can do it. But like, based on what I saw from Justice Hill and how he was featured, I mean, he scored two touchdowns after J.K. went down. I like his ability as a pass catcher. Like, I, I think that Justice Hill. I think it could be an even split, if not Justice Hill actually being in the lead in that regard to some extent. Do you see it that way too? I think that Justice Hill will will be the snaps leader and Gus will be the rushes leader. I don't think it'll be a wide discrepancy on either, but I think that Justice Hill's ability as a pass catcher, and and that's not, not to say Gus can't do that also, right? I think Gus has really improved as a pass catcher, and when he's been given the opportunities, he's been pretty good. But, you know, he's not quite as shifty and dynamic and explosive as a receiver as... Jake as uh, Justice Hill Hill right. is, you know, so I think that Justice's receiving ability and his pass protection, he's done a pretty good job. Look good in week one, too. That gets him on the field for more snaps. There's no doubt that the Ravens and Todd Munkin were planning to throw the ball to running backs more than certainly in the Greg Roman offense. J.K. Dobbins had three targets in the first half plus one drive, right? Mm hmm. And so that is clear. I think Justice takes the majority of that off of, you know, what JK was going to get. That goes on the Justice's plate. And he is very capable of hand- handling that. We've seen it all summer long in training camp. We've seen it in preseason. Uh, he He's a good receiver. Yeah, he is. And, and so I think that Justice probably plays more snaps. I think they get a pretty even split in carries. Maybe I'll give the, the edge to Gus as a between-the-tackles runner. You know, he's proven himself over the years. Uh-huh. Um, but I think I think it's a 1A, 1B situation. It's a, I think it's probably a fairly even split. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I just think that, like, yeah, I, I just have been impressed with Justice Hill. Like, I remember actually about midway through training camp, and, and Justice kind of came into camp a little on the roster bubble, I'll say. Nah, well, he, he got the contract. I won't say he was on the roster bubble. Last year? It, it, year? Last year. Last year he did. Last year. Last yeah. year he did. This year he got he got the contract extension. But it was kind of a question of, like, what his role is going to be. They added Melvin Gordon, who was, I think, insurance. Um, Keaton Mitchell was coming on strong. It's like, what what is what is the role for, for Justice Hill in this offense, even after he got that extension, that two-year deal? And I think it became clear to me, like, this guy just, like, he, he looked, going back to last year's camp, he looked really good, earned his way on the team. And then this year, it's like, not only is he on the team, like, he he deserves carries. He deserves having a role on offense every week. For sure. And I just, I think that, like, now he's going to get that. It's, it's kind of been a slow build for him. He tore his Achilles two years ago. And so, I'm excited about his potential. I, I think he's got... I think he's, I uh, yeah, I, I just think that like his speed, his ability as a pass catcher out of the backfield, I like all of that. And so I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And he's going against his brother this week. Yeah, that's pretty Dax, cool. Dax Hill, the the safety for the Bengals now both in, you know, they faced each other last year also, but Dax didn't have a huge role, neither did Justice. Now it's like these dudes are going to be meeting each other. Yeah, it's going to be interesting <laughs> if they meet each other in the hole on one of these, um, on one oh, of these. It's oh, happen. I bet they will. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and I'm sure both of them are going to kind of turn up on that play. Yeah, that that'll be that'll be kind of fun to watch. We'll have to talk to Justice about that one this week for sure. Yeah. Um. So going back to the film, an, another group, you know, and 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 this is no secret, the the inside linebackers were phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, and and the thing that jumped off the tape for me is the way that they really set up and feed off each other. You know, there's the one fourth down stop that Roquan Smith made. 
that really kind of illustrated it to me. And, and Patrick Queen just kind of slams the tight end that was motioning across. Really just Queen just bodies him, holds that edge, and turns Damian Pierce inside where he knew, Patrick Queen knew Roquan Smith was going to be there in that gap. And sure enough, hits him, no gain, turnover on downs. It was so funny watching the film because Patrick Queen actually, once he stood up the tight end, he like started like celebrating like the stop was made before he even saw Uh that it was made because he knew Roquan was there. Yep. Yep. So those, those two, I mean, plus they're they're both having the ability to blitz both getting a sack. I mean, it's, it's an interesting conversation to have. Can a defense be elite anchored by two inside linebackers, right? Like when you think of, great defenses in today's day and age of pass heavy football and quarterbacks and all this stuff, all these stud wide receivers. Like if you're like, you know what? We're building a defense around two inside linebackers. Uh It just doesn't seem like the right place to start. Yeah. It it, it feels like you're talking like, you know, a 1975 football. It seems that way. Or yeah. I mean, early, even the early nineties. Right. I mean, it's like, what do we have a neck roll? We busting out the neck roll again. Right. You know? Right. And, and the Ravens though have, specifically offensive offensively always been a team that's been unafraid to to zig when another the other teams are zagging and like you play to your strengths and they have these two great inside linebackers and i think the ravens are kind of saying all right we're gonna kind of maybe play it a different way you know we've seen how much they've invested at the cornerback position over the years there's no secret about that they spend there and i don't think that's really changed that they still feel like they need really good corners but especially with Marlon Humphrey out, it's on Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith to anchor this defense. And it's going to really be that way all year long. And week one tells me, yeah, they can be difference makers and really kind of elevate this defense to an elite level. Yeah, like if you're ranking the positions on defense, that if you're starting a team from scratch and you want to be strong at those positions, basically rank in order of importance. You're probably going corner, pass rusher one and two. Then you might be talking yep. like an interior an interior line rusher. Like if you can get a, a dominant interior guy. Right. It's like pass on, rusher, right. Honestly Safety. it's like then it's say it's like honestly if you're if you're going down the list, inside linebacker might be near the bottom. But with that said, when you have two guys as good as PQ and Roquan, then everything else builds out from them. Like I there's I, I've been high on this Ravens defense all along. I felt like it can be a really good defense. And when I saw the two of them and the way they played on Sunday, it's like, okay, yeah, this might be a little unconventional in comparison to the way the rest of the league does it. But they are so good that everybody else kind of just falls in place around them. So, like, anything that gets to the second level, they clean it up. Like, if anything leaks through the, the defensive front, they're cleaning it up. And then mm-hmm. they are all they also have that blitzing ability. Like you said, both of them got a sack. So, like, they can get into the backfield and disrupt the passing game. I think PQ has come a tremendously long way in pass coverage. You know, that was something that he struggled with early in his career. I think he's made some great strides there. And Roquan just directs, in addition to making a billion tackles, he directs everybody in front of him and behind him. And so, like, yeah, I think the Ravens can be one of the best defenses in the league, anchored by a great inside linebacker duo. We They've been, they've said all offseason, like, yeah, we're the best one-two punch at linebacker in the league, and they showed it on Sunday. So, yeah, like I'm I'm really, really excited about the two of them. And as we've said before, like PQ's got a big payday in his future, just like Roquan Smith got last year. And like I 
even during the game, I was sitting there and I was saying to Cliff Brown, like, I love watching these two guys play together. Like, could could the Ravens sign both of them? Like, could, is that something that could happen? Like, could they sign PQ and just have these two guys as the anchors of the defense for mm-hmm. the foreseeable future? Like, I know we're right. talking about, you know, this season and next week's game, but I'm just thinking, like, long-term, like, man, these guys are fun to watch next to each other, and I would, I would you love... Hate, you hate to break that up. I would love if that could be something that's in place long-term. Yep. Yeah, agreed. I'm sure if the Ravens can make it happen, that, that they would like to do the same. Yeah, yeah. Um... On, you know, on, the, on the are you going the pass rush? I was. Yeah. What? What? I'm curious to get your thoughts on the pass rush and uh, Oway in particular. Yeah, I mean Oway was a guy. You get five sacks. Oway didn't have any of them. But when you when you watch the film, really disruptive. I mean, I I thought that he played really well. Played well against the run. Um, you know, was got a lot of pressure. Consistent pressure from Madafe Oway. Right. So I, I was really encouraged by what I saw from him. I mean here's a guy that the Ravens obviously need to break out in year three. And I think that you're seeing he's taking the steps towards doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought Jadavion Clowney played pretty darn well. I liked to learn from Clowney. Yeah. He, he had a couple sacks that kind of slipped through his fingertips. Um, but I, I thought that another physical guy on the edge, uh, you know, turned Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce did not have a good day. Uh, from a running standpoint, and I think that the the Ravens' edge setters really kind of showed what they're all about, turning runs inside. And so I thought I thought Clowney played well, and then Ajabo, of course, you know, gets the sack strip. And so I thought it was it was a good effort, good good debut for the Ravens' outside linebackers. Yeah, Clowney, like, I mean, there's it's no secret that the guy's got enormous talent. He's shown that over the course of his career. I mean, this guy's never won overall pick. The question on him has basically been staying healthy in, in large measure. It, but, man, like, I, I, from a debut standpoint, like, I really like what I saw. Of course you want to see him get home. Like, it, you don't want to see the quarterback sneak out of his grasp twice. But, like, for just being there in the right spot and, and coming that close to making plays, flushing the quarterback out of the pocket, he just seemed disruptive. Like, I think disruptive is a good word for what I saw from Clowney. I'm I, I, I'm encouraged by him. Like I, I think if you go back to last year and compare it, you know he kind of is filling really the JPP role. You know as a late addition, mm-hmm. and yep. I think he's going to be better than JPP was. I think he will too. I mean, it's one game, small sample size, but like what I saw from that, he seemed like he had some serious juice. He can really play well in the run game. I just I just liked everything that I saw from him. And if he comes out, if he comes up with even one of those sacks. You know, we're probably we're probably sp- spilling a lot more ink on him this week, talking about how great of a signing that was early in the year. And if he comes up with both of them, you're like, wow, this guy's, you know, turning the clock back. So, I right. I, th- I think that like well, really good start for Clowney. Yeah, th- I mean, this isn't a, a film um, a note on the film, but I would say off the field, Clowney has fit in really well. Mm-hmm. That that was part of the question. I think things kind of ended on a sour note in Cleveland for him, and. Um, you know, how is he going to fit in here in the Ravens locker room and everything? It's been a plus like yeah. dude seems like he's really happy to be here. Uh, his teammates really seem to be enjoying him. He's just, he's really enjoying things. You know, he's playing with Anthony Weaver again, who he was with in Houston uh, years, years back. And I think that sometimes a change of scenery, sometimes the right environment, can really make a big difference in a player, especially one as talented as J- Jadavion Clowney. And if he stays healthy, 
you know, I think I think he could have a pretty big year. You know, it's he played a lot of snaps too. Yeah, he, he played did. a lot of snaps, he, especially for a guy who just got here. If you you know, not he hasn't he wasn't there the entire training camp. Um, I think that that was good. I, to that point, like I actually asked Harbaugh about that. I asked about it in regards to Odell Beckham Jr. And then he actually pointed out he's like it's actually the same with Clowney too. Like these are both guys that has you know big pedigrees and a lot of success in the league and they're well-known players and they come here and like, they kind of get embraced by the locker room and then they, and then they basically start to feel like they're at home right away. And it just, it's a, it's a good dynamic across the board. And so then you get the best out of these players. I thought it was, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting to hear him basically say like from a personality, from a fit standpoint, like you get veteran players that come in here the system and the foundation is kind of already in place. They get welcome into that environment. And then all of a sudden it just feels like, Oh, we could do something special here. Like this is a team that can compete for a super bowl. Like everybody's moving mm-hmm. in the same direction. Like all of that is, is positive. And I think it's been a great fit for Odell and for clowning. All right. So let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll continue discussing the film and then also turn it ahead to this week's game against the Bengals. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, we're coming to you from the SeatGeek studio. Also, we want to give a shout out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens, and it has a limited time offer that you don't want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the promo code FLOCK. If you're a new customer, you can get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's only a DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code FLOCK. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. you got to be physically present in Maryland to play and over 21 years old. All right, so when you went through it, and also, by the way, listeners, if, if you haven't done so, a lot of this is coming from little plug here. Mink does a Ravens Eye View article every week where he, he does take a look at the film and then points out some individual plays and uh, what that means for those players and, and just kind of the scheme and overall. You can check that out on our app and our website. So if you want to yeah, see def- if you want to see the action that, that we're talking about uh, in the film breakdown, go ahead and check it out on our website. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, one thing we, we do need to point out is some of where the film uh, wasn't as flattering, I think. Uh, you know, the Ravens run game didn't get a whole lot going on the ground, and, and which was interesting because they did get some lighter boxes, right? So they, they had some six-man, you know, seven-man fronts from the Texans, who, by the way, the Texans were, those pass rushers, they were basically lining up in the slot. It was it was like those guys were going wide nine on a bunch of them. Will Anderson, holy cow. Guy was like a corner, slot yeah. corner lined up out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I do think the Ravens, it was a little surprising to see them not have a ton of success considering some of the fronts that they were getting as the Texans were kind of, you know, they were just, they were not playing as much thinking this is not a Greg Roman offense that they were playing against, yeah. right? Where you saw a ton of loaded boxes. And so I'll be interested to hear what Todd Munkin has to say about that. We did see some interesting run concepts, one called crunch um, where the, the Ravens had two, two uh, blockers, offensive linemen just immediately go to the second level. It was interesting. Go back and watch the play. It was a pretty, it, it was the uh, Gus Edwards, 13 yard run. Yep. Very pretty. Uh-huh. Um, so go back and watch that one in the Ravens Eye View article. But it will be interesting to see, even with Dobbins out now, how the Ravens improve their run game success. Yeah. Yeah. Another area that they kind of struggle with is pass pro. Um, need to do a little bit better job against the Blitz. Some of that, it looked like there's a snap count kind of issue on one of them uh, where Morgan Moses really didn't didn't fire off the snap. It was like almost like a backwards false start Uh Um, that contributed to it. You know, just overload blitzes. I think the Ravens need to have a little bit better answer of having a quick solution there. You know, one of them, it's like a Odell Beckham ran like a 10 yard out, you know, comeback kind of out is, you know, it's just Lamar needed a a quicker throw there to make. Um, So I I would bet that that's going to be a point of emphasis this week. It's something we've talked a lot about over the years, how Lamar faces and the Ravens go face against cover zero blitzes. They need to make the, they need to make the opponent pay when they do that. They did not do that against the Texans. I, I would bet that's an emphasis this week. Yeah, I thought that the like procedurally and and they kind of talked about this. John Harbaugh talked about it a little bit after the game and this week. Like I thought operationally they were a little bit sloppy at times offensively, and I think that part of that was rust and not playing in the preseason, all that stuff. Um, I think on the protection front, that kind of plays into that. If you got a bunch of guys blitzing, who's picking up which player? Some mm-hmm. play, some guys snuck through on certain situations, and then that can make life tougher on the quarterback. Like Lamar, Lamar, the stats show like he was really good when he had the time. When they brought the blitz, he was not as good. And so, yeah. to your point, that's something that they've got to clean up because if you get, we saw it. It was really two years ago. We had the game against Miami where they brought all those cover zero blitz, and then they saw a ton of a ton of that heavy blitz stuff the rest of the year. And so if you struggle against a blitz, then that's what every team's going to do. And so the Ravens, to their credit, go, going back to last year, I thought they made some real strides in that, and they beat that cover zero blitz, put up a ton of points against Miami again when they played them last year. And so I think that, that they, can, they can figure that out. I I put that more on like I just think I, I attribute that more than anything else to just week one sloppiness. Like that's where I point to there was some confusion about who was doing what. These guys are playing together for the who's first time. Who's new offense, new system, don't have a ton of reps together, new receivers, all that's like I just think that, that that's what I attribute it to. Now, 
the the challenge gets tougher this week. And so like, okay, you, you can get away with that a little bit in week one against, you know, against the Texans when, especially when you go up and you have a nice lead, but I don't think that you're going to have that luxury on the road against the Bengals this week. So, you know, right. they've got to figure it out. I think you, I think it's kind of, it's, it's explainable why it happens, but you got to get it fixed quickly because if you, if you have those issues again, it's going to be a challenge against Cincinnati. And then you add to that, you might be going in there without Ronnie Stanley, without Tyler Linderbaum. That's a real possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'll say this. I, I think that the Texans defensive front is pretty good. And like people are going to come to recognize that as the, the year goes on. I, I, I know the Texans in general, you know, they're coming off a rough year and, and there's not high expectations for what they're going to do this year. But, this D'Amico, D'Amico Ryan's A knows how to coach defense. Totally. B, they got some dogs up front. I thought Jonathan Greenhard uh, is a pretty good player. And then they had the number three overall pick, Will Anderson, right? Good player. Yeah. Like, I, I, I do think that, you know, yes, the, the Bengals are, a, as an overall team, are a tougher challenge, right? You're going to have to potentially score more than 25 points. You're going to have to play better against the Bengals to beat them overall. Yeah. But, like, this, this Texans front, is tough. And so um, I, I just don't want, I think that that should be not discounted. How much do you think the Ravens held back? Like monkey in first game offensively. Like, yeah. Offensively. Did he hold things back? It's a new system. They were uh, up for most of the second yes. half. They just, you could kind of turn yes. the ball and hand it off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think that he didn't want to show, I mean, you're not going to show the, all your cards week one period. You just can't, he's got too many cards. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, I th- I think that there is particularly you know when they go they go down and score touchdowns on back to back drives and you have a pretty good lead, you don't you don't want to show a whole, too much more kind of keep the the Bengals guessing. I'm sure the Ravens are well aware of who is on deck. Yeah, they know the schedule. Yeah, they know the schedule. Well, and again, like once you get once you get the lead in that situation, the Ravens defense is playing really well. It's like okay, you're up you're up by a couple of scores here no need to empty the playbook here in week one. Like, let's just, you know, you can be a little bit conservative, lean on the ground game, and and then hold some things back knowing you're going to Cincinnati in a week. Yep, yep. Uh, one other one other thing that I do want to point out, Patrick Ricard, who we've talked about a lot this offseason, and does he have a role in the offense and, and all that stuff? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. The answer is definitively yes. Still saw, you know, it wasn't, the snap share that he had last year at certainly the at its peaks, but he still saw a healthy amount of snaps, right? I think he played 40 some percent of yeah. the snaps. Uh, and then you see back-to-back plays when the uh, justice Hill punches in a two yard touchdown run. The second of those two yard touchdown runs, who's the, who's spearheading that blocking project Pat. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, still using him coming across formations in a fullback slash tight end role, Still, the the physical hammer at the point of attack. It's still a very important part of this offense. Yeah, I actually think he could. If Ronnie Stanley misses any games, then I think that he could actually have a even bigger role during that time because you're in that situation. I'm assuming Pat McCary steps in at left tackle. McCary can do the job. I mean, he he stepped in and held his own. But it's a tough. It's it's tough moving into that role. And Ronnie Stanley is one of the best in the league. So. I think that in that situation, I think that Ricard actually could be used to help kind of chip some of these and just be essentially an extra offensive lineman at times against some talented edge rushers. I, I could see that being 
how the Ravens use him, bring in an extra blocker if your offensive line is shorthanded. And I think he maybe could see even an increase in snaps. And even if the snap count is the same, I think that he could just be used in a different way. And that's one of the beauties of him. You can line him up in the backfield. He can catch a little bit. He can catch a little bit coming out of the backfield or as a tight end. But I think yep. he could basically be used as your sixth offensive lineman if Stanley's out for any period of time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that he's not going to be, a, they're not going to be double teaming guys routinely with he and, and McCary. McCary, I think, is just going to have to be trusted. Yep. You know, and he's played a lot of left tackle, unfortunately. You know, <laughs> Ronnie Stanley's missed a fair amount of time. But sure, yeah, I think that like in certain situations, he, he could see a little bump in the snap count. Yeah, I agree with that. So the other thing I just want to get your take on as we look ahead to the, the Bengals is in the secondary. So you have no Marlon Humphrey. Ronald Darby ends up getting the start at corner and plays pretty well. Rocky Seen, you know, Rocky Seen basically didn't play much, and, and Darby ended up winning that job. Now, John Harbaugh mm-hmm. did say on Monday that they expect – Rock's snaps to increase moving forward. I don't know if that means this week. I don't know if he's just talking about the season as a whole, but they do expect Rock Yassine to see more action over over the course of time. Part of that probably depends on how Darby holds up, how he looks, and when Marlon gets back on the field. But basically, like it was Brandon Stevens stepped in for Marlon, and then it was Ronald Darby. Played 100% who, of the snaps. Stevens played 100% of the snaps, and then Darby stepped in on the other side and ended up winning that job and, and played the bulk of the snaps. So... This week, it's a much, much tougher assignment, even though the Bengals struggled in, in week one. I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to make too many snap judgments on that one. We've seen how good that mm-hmm. offense can be. They just made Joe Burrow the highest-paid player in NFL history, and they've got T. Higgins and Jamar Chase out on the edge. Well, so they, they got after Burrow from a pass rusher standpoint. Miles Garrett yep. uh, and Zedarius got after him. So if the Ravens can duplicate that, that would be very helpful. Uh, yes, I like the sound <laughs> of that. But, yeah, so it's going to get tougher on those corners. For sure with Jamar Chase and T Higgins, like kind of what are your thoughts on those guys holding up and against a much tougher assignment? Yeah, well, I think they just have, they have to keep a lid on them again. You know, that's what the, the Ravens did so well against the Bengals last year. Joe Burrow didn't throw for over 220 yards in any of the three games. Uh, so the Ravens did a really good job of kind of keeping a lid on. There's no doubt that Burrow wants to go deep. He, uh-huh. he, he wants to hit big plays. Right. And so the Ravens have to crack down on that. They have to tackle really well. There's also no doubt in how good Jamar Chase can be with the ball in his hands and making people miss. Ask Marlon Humphrey about that one. Yep. You know, they they've seen that. And so they have to tackle well. Good news, Brandon Stevens tackled really well. So you dropped the hammer a couple times. Um, so they have to continue that. Ronald Darby, I thought, tackled really well too. I mean, I think he had three stops at or behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so he tackled well. They have, that has to continue against the Bengals. They played pretty conservatively against against Houston. They didn't want to give up the big play, understandable, against the opponent. You, basically, you're like, you know what? Rookie quarterback, this offense, you're going to have to march. You're going to have to go the whole distance if you're going to put it in the end zone, which they didn't all all game, right? So they, they played pretty conservatively, didn't want to let them get over top, and they gave up you know, a fair amount of underneath completions. Robert Woods had a, had a decent mm-hmm. day, but I think that was in part because the Ravens were, were saying, all right, we'll give you the underneath stuff. We're yeah, not like going to let you get yeah. over top. Well, that, that's what, like, okay, you, I'll give up. You don't want to give up 15-yard completions, 10-yard completions consistently, but 10-yard completion is much better than a 40-yard completion, and that's yeah. the ones you really don't want to give up, especially when, you're, sure. when, especially when you're up late in the game. Like, you just keep things in front of you. 
Right. So I, I would expect kind of a similar strategy this week against the Bengals. That that's what I would expect. Now, you know, keep keeping things, uh, keeping a cap on things is easier said than done. You know, I mean, Marcus Williams being out with his yeah. pec injury, Geno Smith, Geno Stone stepping in. Like Geno's played a lot of football, right? But Marcus Marcus Williams is a different kind of guy. You know, opponents opponents think twice about going deep when he's out there. So the Bengals might be more willing to take their shots. Yeah, Marcus Williams changes the way that the defense can play. Like, there's no question about it. He he can just be. He's got great ball hawk ability, and I think that I think that opposing quarterbacks don't want to look in his direction. Like they don't want to throw deep balls where he can come down with it, and so. When he's not out there, it changes. I, I like Geno Stone and his ability to be at the right place at the right time, but he doesn't have the ball skills that Marcus Williams has. There's a reason that Marcus mm-hmm. is one of the highest paid safeties in the game. So, yep. if him not being out there, I think, like him not being out there is is of all the injuries that the Ravens had. I mean, it's tough. You know, they they had some marquee players get banged up in Week One. Him listen, missing a considerable amount of time is the one that just really stings. Because they've already they're already a little shorthanded in the secondary, and he just brings something different than they have. I mean, he's he's just a, he is a game changer. Marcus Williams is a game changer, and not having him out there is hard for this defense. I like Geno's ability to kind of steady the ship and again be the right place at the right time, but Marcus Williams is just dynamic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all of them stink. I don't like losing Ronnie Staley. I know. I don't either. like any I mean, of them. A lot of Ronnie Staley's, when he's healthy, he's a pretty darn good player. He, yeah. he he had some struggles against the Texans and those good pass rushers, but let's be honest, Ronnie Stanley's a very good player. I know. I know. Um, it's hard. To... And, and and Lindy, man. Lindy I know. was like, what the best. I mean, all of them. All of them. JK. I mean, never, I've, re- I've rescind that statement. They all stink. Yeah. It yeah. Is. It's it's tough to say which one's the toughest one of, of the bunch. Um, but. Anyway, I, I, I think the Ravens... Hey, I think Marlon Humphreys is going to be back fairly soon. I don't think it's going to be much longer. I, I, I wouldn't... Does he have a chance for this week? John Harbaugh said yes. Mm-hmm. Got a chance. So we'll see if he's out of practice here. But uh, that'll be interesting to watch. And then and then I think Ardarius Washington also played pretty darn well. So, like, you know, once they get Marlon back, I think the secondary starts to look a whole lot better. Hopefully, keep your fingers crossed that Marcus Williams isn't out for the whole year. You know, if he doesn't undergo surgery a peck if it's not torn if it, whatever it is you know maybe he could be back you know later this year i think that's the hope yeah fingers crossed anyway thank you for listening everybody as always you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net make sure you're subscribed leave a rating and review uh we're going to keep doing this we're going to we're going to kind of talk about the nuances of the game the film breakdown moving forward and of course be bringing you player interviews uh, make sure you're also subscribed to the Ravens uh, Press Pass podcast where you can find all of the press conferences, interviews, and whatnot. Uh, leave us a rating and review on that as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with you later this week. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. 
From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.